Today we mercifully finish our series called Misquoted. <clears throat> this has been a, a good one, but challenging for your pastor. So um, I've never been more happy to be done with a series. I'm going to be honest with you. <clears throat> Yesterday, as has been mentioned a couple times already this morning, just under 30 of us gathered together to pray for our community, our church, our world. We spent time uh, communing with God uh, and with each other. And, and I can't speak for the whole group, but I know that I heard from God yesterday. Um, specifically, I know that we as a group heard from God as we spent time in Psalm 23. And in John chapter 10, we heard that God is our shepherd. He's our comforter. He's our protection. He's our refreshment. And it took us nearly two hours just to get through Psalm 23. And at the end of it, all of us kind of said, boy, that went fast. How how are we going to spend a whole morning with God? Boy, it went really fast for spending a whole morning with God. I, I say all of that for two reasons. One, I want you to feel like if you weren't here, you missed out because you did. Okay? Um, because we're going to do this again sometime, and I don't want you to be freaked out about how do you pray for a whole morning. Part of the morning was teaching on how to have a day with Jesus, how to have time with God, how to set aside a big chunk of time uh, to spend with God. And so I don't want you to miss out on it next time. The second thing I want to highlight, though, is that we took just two small bits of Scripture. Psalm 23 is not a very long psalm. In John 10, we, we just looked really at one passage, verse 27, that my sheep hear me, I know them, and they know my voice. So we looked at these very, very short passages Uh, to listen for the voice of God. And each week we've had a listening to Bible tip of the week for you in this series. And so your listening to the Bible tip of the week is this. Take small bites. That's what we did yesterday. And I, I don't know about you, but maybe you heard this from your mother when you were growing up. Did you anybody hear this from your mother? Take smaller bites, Brian, Michael. That's what I heard all the time. You need to chew your food properly. Stop inhaling your food. You need to enjoy it. Take small bites. Uh, there's a joke. You may have heard this one. How do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time, right? When we read the Bible, when we approach the Bible, what we should do is take small bites. There's a book by Eugene Peterson, a Montana pastor, called Eat This Book. And it's about, it's about reading the Bible as you would eat something. And he begins his book by talking about a dog that he has who loves to chew on bones. Right, He will often find bones out in the Montana wilderness, maybe a, an elk or a deer, and he'll drag that bone home, and he'll chew on it for day after day after day, and he'll go hide it in the bushes, and he'll spend lots and lots of time on that bone. He will find that bone as his one necessary thing, Eugene Peterson says. So as we approach scripture, as we approach these small passages, what I have found to be very life-giving, we found it yesterday, and uh, I find it quite often, we'll find it in our upcoming series starting next week, is that we need to take small bites. The, the Bible is a big, big book. 
It's a complicated book. We don't understand all the cultural things going on inside of it. So I would encourage you, as you read your Bible, look back on your last notes. But um, all the things we learn throughout this take small bites. With that in mind, uh, we're going to take a small bite of a small passage that is not in the Bible. And if you want to know why this past, this past sermon series has been so challenging for me, is because typically what I do when I look at a sermon is I grab scripture first, spend some time saying, God, what do you want me to say? And on this one, I've been talking about verses that aren't really in the Bible, so they don't, they don't have a lot to say to me, right? Um, but this morning, our verse is this, this too shall pass. First Assumptions 3, verse 9. This too shall pass. Anybody heard this phrase? Everybody, anybody said this phrase? Maybe under your breath. This will pass. This will pass, right? Um, this phrase was made famous by Mike Didka, uh, coach of the Chicago Bears. And the time that he used it was the day he found out he was going to get fired. And he got in front of a whole bunch of newscasters and he said, Scripture says that this too shall pass, and so this too shall pass. And the reporters looked at each other and said, Is that in the Bible? (laughs) Turns out it wasn't. But Mike Didka said this because it was a moment of great turmoil from him. It was an unexpected moment for him. Mike Didka thought things were going well. He was going to be the coach of the Bears for quite some time. And his expectations were that things were going to be good for a while, that this wasn't going to change for a while. And suddenly his expectations changed. Life didn't go his way. Have you ever had one of those kind of moments? Have you ever had an unexpected moment? The moment when the doctor's visit comes with unexpected results? Things that you didn't think you were going to learn about your body, maybe malfunctioning while you uh, went in for a simple health check. The phone call that you received that a loved one had passed away. The, the moment your spouse pulled you aside and said, we need to talk. The time that you had that unexpected expense that you had no, you knew you had no way to pay for. The friendship that imploded, the business deal that fell apart. The dream that you had so long that just came crashing down and you knew that that wasn't going to become reality. Have you ever had a moment like that? It's an unexpected moment. And in those moments, you may have been tempted to say to yourself, under your breath or out loud, this too shall pass. See, we use this phrase commonly in unexpected moments. Uncomfortable, unexpected moments. Because if we're really honest, we have certain expectations of how life should go, don't we? We think that life should kind of go from A to B to C to D. And if we, if we do all the things between A and B and C and D, then we should just eventually get to D. But as we know, we run into bumps in the road throughout our life, unexpected circumstances, unexpected moments that catch us off guard. And when they do, we try to figure out how to, how to deal with this. And we say things like ourselves. We coach ourselves to say, well, this too shall pass. What's really interesting is this is a really a, a pretty Western phenomenon. 
If you go outside of the Western culture to a third world country, let's say, their, their expectations are far different than our expectations, right? They don't expect a minivan or a, in Big Sky, a Suburban, and uh, two and a half kids, uh, you know, and a condo or a house with outrageous rent. They don't expect that, right? They don't have these expectations that they should get a new pair of skis every year or that they should even have ski lessons. Or, you know, we put our kids in ski lessons yesterday. My daughter's three. No, none of the kids in Uganda are thinking, boy, if I'm not skiing by three, then life is kind of over. See, we have these expectations in our world that aren't found elsewhere. That, um, they don't exist in the same way. They have certain expectations and, and there's certain different things that they have to deal with. But in our culture and in, in our place, we have certain expectations. And when those expectations are not met, we have a difficult time. And what's really interesting about this series is that we've often gone back to this thought of what happens in these unexpected moments. What happens? What words do we use? What phrases do we adopt into our life that try to help us through life? And one of the common themes that we've seen is that in these unexpected, uncertain moments, we try to come up with something. Right? I mean, think back on our series. God helps those who help themselves. Right? Trying to conjure up something so that we can help ourselves. You have to forgive yourself. That was one we looked at last week. You gotta forgive yourself. Uh, God won't give you more than you can handle. We're trying to conjure up these words and phrases that we feel like might, that they might speak to us, they might teach us something. But, but what we've really learned, and I've seen this, is that, um, these phrases are man-made, and because of that, they hinge upon man. These phrases that we've been studying, they're, they're man-made and they hinge upon man. The focal point tends to be man. And that's not what the Bible does. See, the Bible it teaches in unexpected moments that God is building your faith. That God is building your trust. That God is building your dependence upon Him and not on yourselves. The Bible teaches that life is first and foremost about God. Oftentimes we take this book and we say, what is this book going to say to me? And this book is primarily about God. It's God's story. Now there's lots of things in here that we can learn and can be applied. But when we take human wisdom, we come up falling short. And that's what we've learned really in this series. And that's why we're spending our entire year listening for the voice of God through the Bible and through prayer. See, the Bible teaches us that God is the eternal one, the creator of heaven and earth, the holy one, the pure one, the perfect one, the king above all kings, the Lord above all lords. And that this God who was so great put on flesh and came to dwell with us in the man Jesus. And we've entered into this season called Lent. Any of you familiar with Lent? Yeah, some of you grew up, you went to the Ash Wednesday service, and you had ash on your forehead to remind you, from dust we came to dust we should return. It's the most encouraging uh, evening of the year, right? Um, 
But what we know from Lent is that it's a time of preparation for the celebration of Good Friday and of Easter. God become flesh. God moving into the neighborhood. God walking among us, teaching us, loving us, providing miracles in his day, showing all of these incredible feats while he walked the earth. Jesus, fully man, fully God. And what we want to do in this season of Lent is to focus our eyes on Jesus. Because in Jesus' ministry, uh, there was a moment when Jesus could have used a lot of these different phrases, but he didn't. In particular, let's say this phrase, this too shall pass. There was a moment Jesus could have used this phrase, and it was on the Mount of Olives or the Garden of Gethsemane. The Mount of Olives or the Garden of Gethsemane. Let me read this passage to you. Luke chapter 22, uh, 39, 39 through, I'm going to go through 42. Josh, you have it in there? I'm jumping ahead a little bit. Go down. Just go down a little bit. Keep going right here. Thank you. I'm going to read it now. Jesus went out as usual to the Mount of Olives. He went as usual to the Mount of Olives. It wasn't just a one-off. He did it all the time as usual. And his disciples followed him. On reaching the place, he said to them, Pray that you will not fall into temptation. He withdrew about a stone's throw beyond them, knelt down, he kneeled down, and he prayed, Father... If you are willing, take this cup from me, yet not my will, but yours be done. Go back, Josh. Uh, See, the moment that Jesus could have used this phrase is in the Garden of Gethsemane, the Mount of Olives. It was this deep sense of anguish and this moment right before Jesus was headed to the cross. He was about to be betrayed by everyone that he loved left utterly alone on a cross to die. Even his own father, God the Father, would have to turn his back upon him. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me, Jesus said from the cross. And so it's before this moment that Jesus Jesus doesn't think this is unexpected. In fact, Jesus knows this is coming, right? He knows this is coming. But for him, even for Jesus, this is his most human moment. He's about to die the most horrific death known to man for the sins of the world. You could call this moment a grander moment than any of us have ever experienced in terms of loss, in terms of life not going the way that we want it to, in terms of not wanting to to go through something. Like, we would want to say, this too shall pass. We need this to pass right now. We don't want to deal with this right now. And instead of saying these cute little phrases, God helps those who help themselves, or this too shall pass, Jesus instead goes to prayer. What Jesus turned to instead of this phrase was prayer. And so what we're going to do for the next four weeks is we're going to study this passage, Luke 22, 39 through 42 that I just read to you. We're going to take a small bite, and we're going to make it even smaller. 
right? It's a very small passage, and we're going to break it down to help us be people of prayer, to help us focus our hearts and our minds on Jesus, to learn from him, because there's going to be unexpected moments in your life. And so the question is, what do you do? Do you come up with some cute human phrase that can't actually fix the, solu- fix the situation? Or do you come up with a real solution that actually works called prayer? And so here's the four things we're going to look at in the next four weeks. Number one, we're going to ask this question. So here's what's coming. Number one, where is your prayer garden? Where is your prayer garden? What is your prayer habit? So in the book of Mark, there's this phrase that comes up over and over and over again. Jesus often withdrew to lonely places. Jesus often withdrew. In the middle of ministry, in the middle of helping people and healing people and doing miracles, incredible ministry was being done. In the middle of all that, Jesus knew that the well he needed to draw upon was his father. That on his own he couldn't do it, that he needed to be in communion with his father, listening for his father's voice, in love with his father, taking moments to go away and be with his father. See, we, we walk around thinking we're so busy and we're so important. Why? And I'm not, I'm, listen to me, I'm not going to help heap guilt on you here, but listen, I really want to say this. Some of you didn't come yesterday because you were like, I don't have four hours to give to you. And it wasn't to me. Right? Some of us, like, we just say, I don't have time to pray. And listen, you don't have time not to pray. You don't have time not to pray. You want things for your life and for the lives of others that you actually can't do much about. And that should lead you to prayer. Because you love people, you want more for them than you can give them, correct? So that should lead you to prayer. You understand the brokenness in your own heart. You understand the brokenness in this world that you can't fix it. And this should lead you to prayer. You understand that there are things far beyond your control. Unexpected circumstances that are going to come into your life in all different seasons of life. And this should lead us to prayer. So what's your prayer habit? Jesus often withdrew. He often withdrew. He knew... He knew that his ministry was too important not to pray. He wasn't too busy to pray. He wasn't too busy doing miracles, giving lame people the ability to walk, blind people sight, raising people out of the dead. Like He said, no, 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 I, I, I'm not too busy for that. I need to make it my habit as usual to go and withdraw to our Father. And so we're going to give you some tangible tools next week about how do you create a prayer garden? What is your prayer garden? What's your habit? What's the place that you go where you listen for the voice of God? That's next week. Number two, the posture of prayer. The posture of prayer. We see that Jesus um, comes into the garden. He withdraws from his disciples and he kneels down and he prays. He kneels down and he prays. Now, the, the question of kneeling is an interesting question, but what, here's what I want you to think about. Um, King Arthur, this is what we're going we're gonna to talk about in two weeks. Think about like being in front of royalty. Thinking, think about being in front of a king. And then think about being in front of the king of kings and the lord of lords. And if you think about like King Arthur's era, that time, there would be a very natural thing that you would do when you would come in front of the king. And what would that be? You would kneel, correct? 
you would go, okay, I know you're more important than me, and um, I better not maybe even look at you. Um, I'm going to tell an interesting story in two weeks about standing in front of Ivan the Terrible's throne and how I felt. So um, that's two weeks from now. The posture, though, of prayer is that we would kneel down before God. That we would humbly come before God. That we would humbly come before the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And that the practice of our hearts and and maybe even of our bodies would be that we would kneel before the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. The posture of prayer. Number three, week number three, three weeks from now. We're going to talk about honesty in prayer. See, prayer is a, it's an honest conversation. Jesus is very honest in this prayer. He's, he, he asks his most human desire. Scholars actually believe that this was the moment of most temptation for Jesus. Not actually when he went toe to toe with Satan, if you know that story. Like that was just kind of like child's play for Jesus. Like Satan, you know, I, I you're kind of JV bro. But like, um, this, is one of those moments where Jesus' humanity comes out because he has a real sense of what's about to happen. Taking the weight of the sin upon himself, being completely and utterly alone like no one in the history of humanity has ever understood, he didn't want to go through that. And so he, he asks, if you're willing, God, take this cup from me, right? And so uh, what we're going to lean into three weeks from now is that um, prayer is an honest conversation. Psalms is the prayer book of the Bible. If you're running out of words to pray to God, go to the book of Psalms and and use those words to pray for you and with you. They're brutally honest, right? David says things like, where are you, God? Right? Like, are you going to be silent forever? That's what he says. How long, God, how long will this last? These are the phrases that are found in the prayer book of the Bible. Psalms. They're honest, brutally honest to what is going on in our human condition, in our brokenness. And so three weeks from now, we're going to talk about honesty and how God wants us to be honest with him. His shoulders are plenty big for you to be angry with him, for you to be frustrated with him, for you to yell at him and shout at him. He is good. He's good to go. Just don't stop talking. That would be his theory, right? So bring your honesty to God. And then week four, the week before Easter, we will talk once again about listening. Because Jesus ends his prayer by saying, not my will, but yours be done. He comes to a posture of listening for God's voice. He says, listen, God, not my will, but yours be done. What do you want God. He didn't tell God how it should go. (laughs) He submitted and listened to the voice of the Father. So, the next four weeks, where's your prayer garden? The posture of prayer, honesty, and listening. You do not want to miss it if you're around. Be here, be here, be here. It's going to be a great, great time for us. Like I said, we're in the season of Lent. It's a period of time set aside to prepare yourself for Good Friday and for Easter. Um, and as we enter into this, I want to give you um, some real tangibles. I don't want to make this all kind of roofy and spiritual and too hard to 
handle, right? Um, so one thing I want you to look at this week, uh, the Bible app. So <coughs> if you go, uh, Josh, go to the next slide. If you uh, go to this uh, website, Bible.com, some of you have gone to this, or if you have the Bible app on your phone, you can access all of these devotionals. And if you look across the top, those top three are all devotionals uh, about the season of Lent. Some of them are uh, from now until Easter. Some of them are shorter, like five days or 12 days. I was told this morning, uh, there's one on prayer by Tim Keller. That's quite good. It's a 12-day study. Uh, there's one called Whisper by Mark Batterson. That's only five days. You can do that, right? You can commit something for five days, right? Um, I would encourage you to grab a devotional and really just engage with the Word of God and listen for the voice of God. This is what we're doing, 2018. This is what we're doing. 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 We're listening for the voice of God. And we expect to hear him speak to us through his word and through prayer. We've, we've gone through uh, a bunch of things that are not in the Bible in this series. And I'm really glad it's over. And we are going to lean into this idea of prayer in this upcoming series. And um, we're going to continue to listen for the voice of God. I want to ask the worship team to come up, up here and lead us in one last song. But I want to circle back to um, one idea. And that is uh, this idea. Hebrews talks about prayer and it talks about approaching the throne of grace. Stealing some of this from Charles Spurgeon, the prince of preachers back in the day. And, And what he tells us is that we should boldly, we should boldly approach the throne of grace. But the picture once again here is of a throne. That we are approaching the king to have a conversation with the king. And so um, this is what we want in our mind. As we begin to think about this upcoming series, as we begin to think about Easter and about Good Friday, we want to think about how do we approach the king? How do we come before the throne? How, how, how do we, how do we do that on a regular basis? What's our posture when we do that? How do we, how do we do that in an honest way? And how do we listen to what the king has to say? And here would be my invitation as we close this morning. Just let the king speak to you. Listen for his voice, approach him boldly, but come before the king. Heavenly father, thank you for this morning. Thank you for this series. Um, teaching us words that are not in the Bible and then redirecting us uh, back to the words that are in, uh, in, your, in your holy word. And God, we, we ask that you would bless us as we head toward Good Friday and Easter, the celebration of your death and resurrection, the forgiveness of sins and eternal life with you. God, there's, there's absolutely nothing better than those two things in this world. So would you help focus our minds and our hearts on that? King of kings, Lord of lords, we come before your throne humbly and yet boldly. And we continue to echo Samuel's words. Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Please stand to sing one last song.